0: All right, welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Lunt. And I am Jake FF in Trowbridge. How are you doing today, Jake?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Honestly. Good. excellent. Sunshiny out. Finally, I did uh, adult-type activities yes. around the house. Adulting is always nice. Uh, I have a, a beer that I'm excited to try. It's all looking mm-hmm.
0: up. It's all looking up. How about you? Everything's turning up, Millhouse. <laughs> uh, doing well. Can't complain. You know, good Sunday afternoon. Like mm-hmm. I said, got all the adulting out of the way. Now yep. to have some fun. Absolutely. Which is what's more fun than fantasy football. Mm-hmm. So few things. Exactly. So we'll start off as usual with our uh, our beer of the day. Yes. Today we are drinking Central Waters out of Wisconsin here. Absolutely. Uh, it's called their Unsettled. It's a New England style IPA. Now it does advertise right on the
1: can here uh, that it has an insane amount of hops, so we'll see how your uh, your delicate taste buds respond to this. I know. I
0: tend to like this style of uh, IPAs, so I, I've got high hopes. Alright. Looks good. Nice and clear. I like it. Indeed. Alright, bottoms up. Yeah. That's, right?
1: That's crushable. That's nice and smooth.
0: Yes. I like the uh, the hops. You know, it's not overpowering. Not right. too bitter. You know what I like? I like the art on this one. Uh, on
1: can it's a it's a dapperly dressed gentleman whose head basically exploded into a rainbow. Is that a fair description? It of That's what you're very fair. There? Okay, like we'll one post of those a picture. Tests.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. post a picture of the can uh, once the episode uh, goes live here, so y'all can see it. And
1: you can see the exploding rainbow head for yourself.
0: Exactly. That's exciting. Exactly. So all in all. Good beer. Right? I like it. Pretty tasty. Of course, Central Waters really doesn't do bad beer, in my experience, so uh, I would expect no less from them. Their their bar is pretty high, and it was
1: medic, Mm -hmm. so that's nice. Absolutely. All right, let's get on to a somewhat disappointing segment here this week, only because... Though we've been begging and pleading, nobody is really that interested in sharing their uh, more embarrassing drunk trades with us, Mm -hmm. it seems. Maybe we were too harsh on the first drunk traders. I don't know. I don't think so. I thought we were pretty fair. Honestly, I thought we could have been so much harsher. But regardless, uh, please keep sending them in to us. But for now, uh, I actually experienced my own drunk trade. Nice. Now, I was not the the drunky in this exchange.
0: You were the sober one.
1: I was the sober one in this exchange. Uh, right. And I didn't even know that it was a drunk trade until well after it happened. Oh, nice. So lay it on me. Okay, so in my Dynasty League standard, not Superflex, um, I, I was trying to shop the Bears defense because, yes, unfortunately this league still uses defense. Uh, and the number one defense, I, I don't care. I don't want them. I'm more of a streaming defense mm-hmm. kind of guy.
0: Well, let's be fair; defenses from year to year, they they could flop out. You In know, Rome, that's
1: that's what happened to me yeah. last year. I held on to Jacksonville, the number one ranked defense mm-hmm. the year prior, and then poof, nothing. So I knew I wanted to get rid of them. I uh, was shopping out some offers, mm-hmm. and threw out a 2022nd and a 19403 mm-hmm. for my defense, and a 19311. Thought it was. Asking for more than most people want to pay for a defense. For a defense, absolutely. But it was the number one defense. So I thought, why not? So it got accepted within two hours. Which nice. great. No response, no nothing. But I did get the next morning, once the hangover was pretty evident, and he just responded saying, went to a hailstorm concert last night, came back pretty well oiled up. Then I saw the trade, and I was like, fuck it, go for it. And so clicked accept. And that drunk
0: trade worked out in my favor, I would argue. Absolutely. I liked it. Anytime you can actually trade a defense, I think, is a win, no matter what you get, (laughs) because. That's right. You know, defenses. 12 bites of a ham sandwich. They don't really matter all that much in the end. No. No.
1: Stream or die. That's That's what I say. Alright, tell us uh, a little bit about what we have coming up here in this episode.
0: Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about rookie landing spots. Um, you know, a week ago, a little over a week ago, we had the NFL draft. So we're just going to kind of recap, um, you know, some of our favorite or not so favorite landing spots for rookies. We're not going to go into detail round by round, every single player. You know, let's be honest. You know, I'm not a college football guy. I follow a little bit. But that's not my forte. So, you know, this is all just based on, perf- you know, my personal thoughts and feelings based on what I've read and, you know, about some of the other, you know, some of the things that other experts have written out there that I trust a lot more than myself. That's right. Uh, and regarding as rookies.
1: Said a million times before, we are not tape evaluators. That's not what we do. But um, with rookie draft, it's pretty evident draft capital matters. Absolutely. one opportunity in the team also very important and more uh more important than talent Mm -hmm. i would argue is just what kind of space do they have to work with so if we can use those couple of uh analytical measures then we should have a pretty decent idea though Mm -hmm. of what to expect
0: yeah so like i said we'll just kind of go generally round by round hit on two three players each round that you know we thought get through you know probably the first three or four rounds after that, if you have any extra thoughts in we'll the end rounds, stuff. we'll see. So oh, I got thoughts. All right. thoughts. So do you want to start us off in round one here? Absolutely. So uh,
1: I feel like we should just breeze right over Kyler Murray, not because it's not important, but because it's so evident uh, that he is the top dog uh, in the first, number number one pick overall. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a super flex league, he is your 101. For rookie drafts Uh, even if you're not in super flex leagues I think he's still in contention for that spot because got rid of Josh Rosen he's the dude he's got a ton of weapons Um, anything else really need to be said about him at this point I don't know so he's good Kyler Murray Mm -hmm. good Um, so I want to talk about the next quarterback uh, that I think is the more relevant fantasy quarterback which is Dwayne Haskins so he uh, was taken at number fifteen by Washington. Mm-hmm. They were in definite need for a quarterback, so not surprising. You don't have faith in Case Keenum and Colt Raw Milk McCoy to deliver no, Jackson. I don't. I, I don't either. Um, it's going to be a pretty quick competition in training camp, from my view. Haskins should
0: come out no problem. Case Keenum is a high quality backup, mm-hmm. so he'll be good for him to kind of show him the ropes, how to be professional in the, like, the watching film, you know, with meetings, stuff like that. He'll be a good tutor and mentor for him, for sure, for sure.
1: Um, I think Washington has more weapons than people think they mm-hmm. do. Their offensive line was really, really banged up last year. That should improve naturally uh, once guys get back to good health. Mm-hmm. Um, added a couple of nice rookie, underrated rookie receivers mm-hmm. that we might talk about later here. Um, and they've they've got important pieces. Darius Geis should be healthy. Hopefully, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Um, that will help a lot. Chris Thompson, if he can get healthy again, underrated in terms mm-hmm. of what he does for the quarterback, because they can take those little dump off passes as much as they want.
0: Jordan Reed again, uh, if he's healthy.
1: Oh man, we're gonna <laughs> there's a reoccurring a lot, theme aren't. here with Washington. But what are you doing, Washington? How do you get these guys injured so much? Um, but I do like Haskins. Mm-hmm. Nice. Who else you got? Uh, I. I am concerned a little bit about Josh Jacobs, um, not in terms of him producing relevant fantasy production, mm-hmm. but in terms of how high people are on him right now. I've seen in startup uh, leagues him go in the fourth round, early fourth round, and that seems so high to me. Um, I don't imagine that Josh Jacobs will have, I think his ceiling is RB2, low-end RB2. Yeah, I would agree. Mid mid to low RB2. And honestly, I'm so bummed. I'm bummed for Isaiah Crowell because he got hurt. That is disappointing. As a, as a person in general, as a human being. But I'm more bummed about the return of Doug Martin because I'm actually more worried about him vulturing touches.
0: Uh, I don't see it. I'm not worried about it. No, not at all. Nope, they just brought in another guy to, as, as a depth piece.
1: I just could I could see too much of a rotation happening there at least at the start. I don't want to put all my eggs in the Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. basket. I guess that's all. Um, the last guy in the first round that I'm uh, curious about is Hollywood Brown. Nobody, I don't think anybody likes the landing spot. No, drafted the Baltimore. Doesn't look great with Lamar Jackson's recent history. Granted, it's a very small sample sample size from 2018 but his accuracy issues uh, could make any wide receiver there
0: pretty iffy. It could but as terrible as it looks, you know, first blush, I don't th- there is, you know, some upside there. Obviously, he was the first wide receiver taken, but you know, when they're when they're doing the scramble drills, you know, Hollywood's a quick guy, small quick guy, you know, he can, you know, find that hole in the defensive coverage that you know maybe then Lamar can you know get the ball out again accuracy could be the issue but apparently he's focusing on that this offseason so it's gonna be better.
1: Oh here I was worried (laughs) that he was gonna not do things to improve as a quarterback. So
0: while well yes the landing spot isn't great. It's not all doom and gloom there I think. Fair we'll see. Fair. So looking at your first round who Mm -hmm. sticks out to you? You know I'll talk about the two tight ends yeah, the two, Iowa, the two Iowa boys. Yeah. Go Big Ten. Big corn-fed Iowa boys. Um, Hawkinson, I love the landing spot. I know they uh, picked up um, Jesse James here in the offseason, Detroit did. But, um, you know, I love a spot. I'm just not sold on how he's going to be used. I mean, Detroit had uh, invested a high draft capital in Ebron five years ago. Stafford just never threw to him. Obviously, Ebron, you know, played well this year. You know, was it the system he was in? You know, is it just it took him that long to get comfortable in the league and break out? Hard to say. So, um, while I love the landing spot, he's got great opportunity. I'm just not sure, you know, how well that's going to play out for him. At least he is the clear tight end top guy there in Detroit. he'll be day one into the starting lineup. Um, Also, uh, the other tight end from Iowa, Noah Fant, uh, went to Denver. Flacco loves his tight ends. That's true. So um, I'm a little disappointed because of, you know, the other two tight ends there are on the roster. They had the young ones. I was really hoping one of them would uh, take off. But uh, Fant, again, inserts himself as the number one there immediately and should be just a good security blanket for uh, Flacco there.
1: Are you worried at all about the big knock against him that I've read is that he just doesn't block super well. He's not like Hawkinson, doesn't have that quality. He's more of a receiver. I think
0: that's fine. Yeah. You know the the person I could see being you know impacted by this the most on there would be uh, Deshaun Hamilton, now uh, with those kind of under under intermediate routes, you know so his his fantasy value could take a little hit but remains to be seen. Fair enough. And then lastly, not going to touch too much on this but Nikhil Harry going to New England at the end of round one and it's just unfair. <laughs>
1: I mean, why do the rich keep getting rich?
0: I know it's just not fair. You know, NFL
1: Uh, teams, you were stupid for
0: letting this happen. You know, great, great opportunity for him. You know, he he can kind of take that uh, red zone gronk role, be the big body, you know, catching the touchdowns. Yeah,
1: so. Nikhil Harry is going to get some flack, residual flack, just because of the Belichick system. Mm-hmm. And, well, you can't trust draft capital in New England, but I think they proved last year that you mm-hmm. can. Absolutely. With being taken, mm-hmm. that was unusual for them to take a running back at that time that early, mm-hmm. but it definitely panned out. And well,
0: let's be honest, there's no one else besides Edelman there right now. Anyway, so his opportunity is going to be there. He'll be just fine. All right, moving into round two. I'll start us off here. Yes, yes. Um, I'm going to stick with tight ends. I, I, it seems to be my my thing. <laughs> <laughs> you are really into tight ends. I am. I I've heard. I am. But uh, Irv Smith Jr., you know, he was drafted 50th overall, going to Minnesota. I know at first blush it's like, well, they have Kyle Rudolph there, but he will be the tight end of the future there. Rudolph's in the last year of his contract, free agent after this season. I think he will want more money than they're willing to pay him and they'll let him walk in free agency or maybe try to trade him here mid-season or something.
1: I could see a trade happen,
0: And Irv Smith then will walk in. So I think uh, long-term Irv Smith will be the man. You just gotta you know, hopefully hold him on your taxi squad for a year. Let him get some uh, experience and then then turn and burn next year. It'll be great. Absolutely. And
1: Minnesota doesn't have a true number three wide receiver, Mm -hmm. which is very important for a guy like Irv Smith who can step in and be the slot guy, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, I think that creates a lot of opportunity for him there. Mm -hmm. I like it. Who else is on your radar for round two here?
0: Hmm, Who else? Uh, Drew Locke, Denver. um, Could be Elway's quarterback of the future, finally. I think bringing Flacco in it'll give him a year or so to to learn the system, get comfortable. You know, it's what he needs from what I've heard. He he's not the type of quarterback you can just shove in right away. So, uh could be a good situation for him. We'll see what happens there. So, um I do like the spot though. I think Flacco knows that he's kind of the bridge Quarterback now, (laughs) so
1: his recurring role. Yes,
0: every year he's going to get traded to a new new team. That
1: team is going to draft a quarterback pretty high, and he's going to have to have a sad face on, go into the press conference with the knowledge that he's about to be replaced. It's kind of sad.
0: It is, but you know he has won the Super Bowl, so and he gets paid a lot of money. Exactly. I'm
1: a little nervous about Denver as a. QB spot in general. Mm-hmm. Obviously, their last few attempts at bringing in the quarterback have not panned out super well. I know. The Trevor Simeon experience, experience the Paxton Lynch uh, times in Denver. Yeah,
0: it's just, I know it hasn't been great, but I, this this could finally be it. Could break the mold. Yes. That's fair. And then my last quick hitter here for the second round, uh, A.J. Brown went to Tennessee. I, I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it.
1: How much... Do you compare it, if he had gone to Tennessee or Baltimore, which would you hate more?
0: Can I hate them both equally? No. Nope. <laughs> I probably old. would have hated Baltimore more, Yeah, but just barely.
1: It's so bad. Tennessee, It's we've talked about this before, but it's so bad.
0: I mean, I'm not a Mariota believer. Uh, How quote, about a
1: Tannehill believer? Uh, He's backing him up, obviously.
0: I think he would probably be better at this point. Yeah. That's uh, my upgraded. personal opinion. Go ahead and at me if you want. I don't care. (laughs) Um, And I've never been a big Corey Davis truther. So it's just, and then now it's another, you know, highly selected wide receiver, you know, with the draft capital, as we said. Yeah. On their roster. And I just, I just don't see it shaking out well for him. It's too bad. He was such a highly rated wide receiver, Mm -hmm. too. And now he's
1: in a wasteland. Yep. It's a bummer. Speaking of wastelands, uh, Miles Sanders, I'm, I'm sensing that I'm close to being alone on this, just on Twitter reactions <laughs> alone, but Miles Sanders going to Philadelphia gives me all of the clench butthole. I do not like it. I am a firm believer that they are committed to a running back by committee. They've proven that the last several years. And I don't know that Sanders is a guy who's just going to break it. People have said his talent alone should let him break that. I think it's a lot harder to break a system like that than people think. And
0: I'm not, I don't love Jordan Howard, obviously, but he's there. He is there. And I will just say you are pretty much on an island by yourself with this.
1: <laughs> Thanks, man.
0: Uh, you know, I don't think Miles Sanders, maybe he won't be the lead back to start the year. I think by the end of the year, he will phase Jordan Howard out. The other people on their team are just, you know, just guys. I don't think there's anything special there. So I think he really could take control by the end of the season.
1: Fair enough. I'll stay on this island, and I will plant my flag, and I will dry hump it for as long as I need to until somebody notices. Uh, but I don't love the Sanders thing. Who I do love is Nicole Hardman. Went to Kansas City, and conspicuously enough, they are looking to fill a void potentially left by Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill. Hardman's biggest comp coming into the draft. It's Tyreek Hill. It's not a coincidence. Some coaching staffs fit their scheme mm-hmm. for guys, others just want to find a guy to fit their scheme. And it seems like that's what Andy Reid did. Got Nicole. I- I'm not projecting, though, that he's going to have this amazing, you know, 100 catch, 1,200 yard. 12-touchdown kind of season. I think people are putting a little too much emphasis on he could step into what Tyreek Hill did last year. I don't think that's true.
0: No, I I agree there.
1: But he could easily have the kind of season that Tyreek Hill had in his rookie year, um, which was 61 receptions, 593 yards, and six touchdowns. Doesn't sound great, but it was good for wide receiver 23. Um, Granted, that was a little bit of a down year for wide receivers, but... He could definitely be uh, a relevant asset to your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, and speaking, keeping in wide receivers here, do not like where Paris Campbell went. Again, I feel like a little bit on an island. You are. Because people <laughs> just keep saying, Andrew Luck, you know, you want Andrew Luck's weapons. You want a wide receiver for Andrew Luck. Yeah, sure, to an extent. You want T.Y. Hilton. I don't disagree with that. You probably want all of his tight ends. Maybe his pass catching running back. I don't see you wanting anybody below wide receiver one on that team. And we had talked even a little bit about Devin Funches. When he got added to the team, he's going to have a tough time getting a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. But at least he's got the big body thing going for him, which is kind of more Andrew Luck style. If anything, I think Campbell will get bumped up two years down the road. You know, once right. Hilton has kind of hit that crescendo. Um,
0: and is kind of on the downslide. so basically what you 're saying it's it 's good for real football, not good for fantasy football yes one hundred percent he'll be he 'll be a Andrew contributor Law. this year and next year, just yes. not the high expectations for fantasy exactly
1: you you wouldn 't want to start him on a weekly basis
0: um, and if you do your team
1: is terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you should probably go ahead and fix that uh, last guy I wanted to chat about because this was plump this round was plump with mm-hmm. uh skill position guys is JJ Arcega Whiteside Jade Jaw let's call him for short I don't know it could be a thing that whole name we could we could make it a thing it's a long one and he he's gonna be good eventually because they have a lot of guys mm-hmm. on on the Eagles that are old or on the way mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar has one year left on his contract Deshaun Jackson is close to playing on fumes you mm-hmm. have to think at least for his style of play and now Sean Jeffrey, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can see him there
0: next year or the year after. And I've heard from, you know, some of the other podcasts I listened to that um, J-Jaw, his closest comp is Jeffrey's. Mm. So uh, that would make sense. He could slide into that role in a couple years once go. he's gone. So, yeah, I, li- I like the spot for future. For long term. Yes, long term outlook. Love, love the spot for him.
1: Nice. I like that. Um, So that was a beefy second round. One name we didn't talk about was DK Metcalf because I don't know what to talk about with him. He's confusing. He's too confusing for me. I don't have anything good, anything bad to say about where he went in Seattle. It's weird.
0: You know, all things considered with the rumors of Baldwin possibly retiring, you know, they will need another wide receiver there. He can get down the field. You know, I don't think it's a bad landing spot. Sure. So. Fair. Uh, Moving on to round three, though
1: you want to kick us off with some of your your special players that that went in this round?
0: Yes, let's do it. Um, I will start off first with Daryl Henderson, drafted by the Rams. Do they have girly concerns?
1: It certainly seems like they
0: do. I mean, because you don't take high... And they traded up to get this guy. Yeah. You know, where, where they're, you know, in theory, they have one of the stud running backs you shouldn't have to invest this high of draft capital in, in another running back unless there's some sort of concerns. And maybe it's just insurance. But they did, you know, re sign Malcolm Brown. Um, he was a restricted free agent, uh, matched the offer sheet. Um, I believe it was, was, it was it? Detroit, I it believe was that Detroit. was him. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, they matched the offer sheet. So they wanted him back. And now they take a high high draft capital. Very good running back. Um, it just makes you pause a little bit about drafting Gurley. It's like you can, coaching staff can say whatever they want as they will. There's a lot of coach mm-hmm. speak that
1: comes out around this time of year and it's everything's good. No, it's all good guys. Don't worry. It's like, yeah, you can believe that. But the proof is in the pudding as they say. And that pudding was a third round pick.
0: Yes. So concerning. Yes. And then my next pick, um, David Montgomery gets drafted by Chicago, another running back. All that Davis (laughs) hype just just Uh, down the tubes. It's poor Mike Davis. Poor Mike Davis.
1: Although I don't think it's as much of a knock as maybe some people think. I could see Davis still getting some work. He'll get some work. Goal line stuff, I could see him maybe being used.
0: But yeah, Montgomery, man, he's going to walk in. Um as and as the Jordan plus role Jordan Howard plus he can run the ball as well but then he can also catch so he'll be on the field for a lot of the lot more of the packages where they had to sub in uh, Cohen packages. so um, yeah. I like I like the landing spot um, as much as I hate to give the Bears credit for doing something well um, <laughs> there's a very good landing spot for him
1: every once in a while
0: you have to acknowledge
1: We'll talk about something more friendly, then. Yes,
0: yes. A little homerism coming out here, yeah. which I don't care. Uh, Green Bay with Sternberger.
1: The Sternberger! I love it. A, that's a tasty Sternberger. I love
0: it. I don't think uh, this year, you know, he's going to have that breakout wide receiver year. Uh, Jimmy Graham still is there. But I think for the future, um, hopefully the Packers finally have their tight end they've been looking for. <laughs> Wouldn't uh, that be nice? Uh, there are people saying that he had the best hands of all the tight ends in the class. So I, I really do like that.
1: I mean, yeah, he could be a hand model. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they are that good. They're good hands. I love it. Mm-hmm. Obviously green Bay needed somebody. I'm bummed they missed out on the Iowa tight end raffle,
0: <laughs> but as a consolation prize,
1: I think we can mm-hmm. do a lot worse than a Stern burger.
0: Yes. And then, um, next on my list here, um, Terry McLaurin, uh, drafted by Washington, you know, just something to keep an eye on. He did play at OSU with Haskins, so they already have that built-in chemistry. and um, So just something to keep an eye on. Again, not saying he's going to be some sort of breakout, you know, automatic number one wide receiver this year, but he he, he could have a sneaky good finish this year. Just as one of those
1: names that immediately Mm -hmm. makes me forget him. Like, you've said his name, and I already forget it. And if it wasn't written down in front of me, I would... Terry McLaurin. It's, my, it's just like Whitey McWhitersen. It's just... <laughs> it's white noise. I don't I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I like that the connection with Haskins is there. Mm-hmm. And it's not like there's a ton of wide receiving
0: options you exactly. have to fight with. They just exactly. got rid of Crowder. So. I like it. And then last on my list, uh, Alexander Madison. I'm so excited for this one. I know. This is someone I will probably try to be targeting in my... Uh, rookie drafts because one I think you'll get him later Yes, Um, but he's just he's going to be a great handcuff uh, for Delvin Cook there in Minnesota Um, you know Cook so far hasn't proven that he can stay healthy for an entire season so doesn't mean he can't but we'll see what happens I love him as a as a Solid handcuff for him. He is the handcuff, in my opinion, for this year. Not just amongst
1: rookie running backs. I think for pretty much all Mm -hmm. running backs. Again, just given Dalvin's injury history Mm -hmm. and their propensity to run the ball constantly. Mm -hmm. When Latavius Murray was there and he stepped in, he was wonderful. Absolutely. You couldn't ask for a better fill-in in in that situation. Mm -hmm. It's because they use their running back a ton. And he's basically going undrafted in rookie uh, drafts for the most part. Yes, that's why I said I'm excited. Yeah. Absolutely. I like it. Um, Keeping in the third round here, Deontay Johnson is somewhat interesting. He was taken by the Steelers, wide receiver. They they need uh, a second guy behind Juju, Mm -hmm. and I don't even know that James Washington is that guy. Mm -hmm. I don't think that Dante Moncrief is necessarily that guy. He could be. I think there's a lot of questions there. And Pittsburgh has one of the heftiest um, vacated targets for wide receivers. They have 183 targets gone with Antonio Brown. Somebody's going to have to fill that. Mm -hmm. Juju's not going to get an extra 100 targets. Yeah, (laughs) Um, That's just not going to work as much as some people might love that. So I think it's very possible that Johnson could get some work right away Mm -hmm. um, if he does well in camp. Uh, Also, underrated running back. Here, in terms of landing spot, Devin Singletary to Buffalo. Now, people don't like it because they just see a lot of bodies there.
0: Which is true.
1: You've got LaShawn McCoy. You've got Frank Gore. You've got now TJ Yeldon into the
0: mix. Well, you've got the two, you know, walking dead there. (laughs) Just zombieing around. (laughs) Just never going to die. And
1: that's the thing. Those bodies are so worn out and full of holes. Eventually, they're going to be gone. And Singletary is talented enough. And in an offense that doesn't really like to split their running backs out much, mm-hmm. I don't know why they brought in Frank Gore, honestly.
0: Well, here's 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 my theory. Yeah. And is, this is this is a bold prediction mm-hmm. right here. I I'm going to throw it out there right now. Oh God. Lashawn McCoy is either traded or cut before the regular season starts. I like it.
1: I could see that happening very easily. You know, they paid to get Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. They just brought him in. They just brought in TJ Elton. They mm-hmm.
0: just drafted Singletary. So he is the odd man out. And I believe if they do cut him or trade him, it'll save them something like $6 million in the cap as well. It's like 5 or $6 million. Uh, so I think that's a big possibility. Mark it down. Done. I'm, I'm literally marking it down right now. <laughs> uh I
1: could absolutely see that, and somebody's gonna pay for LaShawn McCoy probably. Absolutely, you know, he's got a little gas him. left in the tank. Maybe we'll see. Um, tight end market, which is starting to get thin here already after the top few guys. Um, I do like Josh Oliver. He was taken by Jacksonville. Jacksonville had a total piecemeal situation mm-hmm. with tight ends last year. They need somebody again. Huge vacated target share. 250 plus targets gone between Michael Crabtree and John Brown and um, excuse me no 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 that's that's a different team altogether other people though other people who did leave god damn it I've been day drinking Dustin um but they do have 250 plus targets that are just gone out the window um they don't really have a quality pass catcher at running back sorry Fournette fans that's just not a thing um, so I could easily see him being that good middle dump-off target, and I don't love Nick Foles, so I think he could utilize him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Damian Harris, running back taken for the Patriots. He is not a threat to me, to Sony Michel. He is a threat to Rex Burkhead, bill He's, I think, almost 30.
0: Yeah, I think Sexy Rexy will probably be gone. Yeah. You know, he is kind of a redundant player for the backfield there. True.
1: And as much as New England might love redundancy um, just for frustrating fantasy fans, I think we can sleep tight that Harris will basically just slide into that role mm-hmm. I don't know how much you're using the guy. How much do you trust him on a game-to-game basis? But...
0: And that could be a little insurance policy with Sony as well and his knees. And, you yeah. know, he was dinged up last year. So, true, you know. The high draft capital could be just an insurance policy against that. So,
1: um, Other than that, Miles Boykin going to Baltimore. I know we talked about how much Baltimore sucks for mm-hmm. a landing spot for wide receivers. He, at least to me, has more value than I think even Hollywood Brown does. Um, he has that big catch radius. So if Lamar Jackson is struggling with accuracy issues still, hey, maybe he'll trust that guy because he'll make him look better. Mm-hmm. Hard to say.
0: All right. Um, Uh, Fourth round here, this is where things will start to pick up here. We'll get through the rounds a little bit quicker. Lightning rounds. Um, So in the fourth round here, uh, Bryce Love, running back. Interesting pick for Washington. They already have Geis, who is coming off an ACL. Bryce Love coming off an ACL. I just don't quite understand it. (laughs) Uh, But...
1: You doubled down on those ACLs. Yeah, apparently. I mean.
0: So it's just interesting. I just wanted to note it as an interesting pick. You know, also running back Benny Snell Jr. Uh, drafted by Pittsburgh. You know, not worried for Connor. I do think he does take over Samuel's role though, um, as the backup. But no threat, no threat to Connor whatsoever. You're safe drafting him first round. He's the lead <laughs> dog there. He will get all the carries. Nothing to worry about. He'll just be a good quality backup. Fair enough. And then my sneaky pick here that I actually really like. uh, Excuse me. Foster Moreau for Oakland. Tight end. Keep an eye on him. I know his fourth round, you know, end of the fourth round pick. um, So not a ton of draft capital. But Jared Cook did leave in all of his production, and he was tight end six or so I want to say last year uh had a had a quietly good year I know the offense for Oakland is shaping up to be much better this year they really upgraded every position basically so just something to keep an eye on maybe throw him on your taxi squad you know he might be a thing so he's he's kind of my sneaky pick of the draft here
1: I can see that and it's like yeah Jared Cook was great last year by necessity because they didn't have anyone. Exactly. But yeah, they added Antonio Brown. They added a lot of guys.
0: Tyrell Williams. They got yes. Josh Jacobs now.
1: So it could be muddy, um, but maybe it's a thing. Still 101 targets is what Jared Cook had last year. Yeah, yeah. And which not is not insignificant. To this, but he could, even if he gets half of that, you know, you're looking at a respectable tight end for, mm-hmm. you know, a, a top hat. And top, the rest of their guy. I was
0: looking at the roster for Oakland when I was, you know, typing this up, and there's no one as far as tight ends on their team that has any sort of great qualities.
1: It's a dead spot. Yes. And maybe they have great off-the-field
0: qualities. Absolutely. Sure. Let's let's be honest. They're better NFL tight ends than I could ever be. (laughs) (laughs) um, But just as far as NFL talent goes, they're not the elite NFL talent. For sure. For sure. Um, One guy I
1: like here is Justice Hill uh running back was drafted by Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But Baltimore name keeps coming up. Um but uh, people are high on Mark Ingram this year. I don't it's fine. Mark Ingram is fine. He's yeah, he'll old. Be, he'll be fine for a year or two. Yep. And uh there's just not much else though. Mhm. So Justice Hill could be the number 2 guy honestly. Mm-hmm. I think Oh,
0: absolutely. I think he steps into that role immediately. Gus
1: Edwards they have no draft capital on him whatsoever. Baltimore is not sentimental about the running backs regardless. No. So 170 vacated carries. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, One interesting one here, Ryan Finley quarterback, whose name I did not know going into the draft, Mm -hmm. but was taken by Cincinnati. One of those top landing spots for a quarterback, which is interesting. Uh, If you don't believe in Andy Dalton and I don't, then there's an argument to be made that by the end of the year, Finley has value uh, as a quarterback for Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I don't know that that happens, but it could. It could maybe be. maybe even next year. But it's an interesting name. All right, round five.
0: Round five.
1: Anybody stick out to you in round five here?
0: Yeah, no one that I really want to talk about. Mm. How about you? Uh,
1: I mean, a couple of names. Nothing too crazy. I do like Quadre Olison. Olison? I think that's how you say his name. One of those two. I don't know. He went to Atlanta running back. He, to me, um, could be the Tevin Coleman there now. Mm -hmm. Ito Smith didn't flourish there last year, so uh, I could easily see him pushing for that spot. Um, Raquel Armstead running back for Jacksonville. Oft-injured Leonard Fournette there. So, you know, plenty to work with. They Mm -hmm. got rid of TJ Yeldon. He could be that that role for them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Plenty of carries and targets still to go around. But that's it. Anybody in round six that catches your fancy?
0: No, not really. I mean, you
1: are just a round four or nothing kind of guy.
0: Yeah, it's just nothing that's overly exciting. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, you yeah, know, I kind of kind of have a little bit of interest, I guess, in uh, Darwin Thompson. You know, could be the backup there in in Kansas City. It's kind of you a free for
1: all in Kansas City, from my perspective. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have a lot of stock in Damian Williams. No, Carlos Hyde.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't have a lot of faith in either of them. Yeah. So he could be a sneaky little uh, pick just to kind of keep an eye on, see how he does in the preseason. You know, camp talk. You know. What do you think about Dexter Williams, running back taken by Green Bay? Uh, I think he's better than the other Williams, uh, running back for like the Jamal? Packers. No, I think okay. he's he's better than Jamal. You know, I don't think that does anything for Aaron Jones, though. I think Aaron Jones came out a big winner. You know, he's a, he's a six-round pick. I know running backs are a little bit more plug-and-play than other positions. But, you know, I'm not too worried about that. And we need to have another, uh, you know, depth piece there for running backs. Since outside of, of those two, there was really no one else. So True.
1: One name that's kind of interesting to me is uh, Travis Fulgham, wide receiver taken by Detroit. They are struggling to fill that number three role. Mm -hmm. Marvin Jones has had some issues. Um, Golden Tate gone. So if they do up their passing attack a little bit, you know, increase their passing numbers, which it sounds like they're trying to do, Jim Bob Cooter trying to be a passing man. Um, And if they do, then, hey, he could be the number three guy. What that warrants in terms of fantasy, I don't know. But something to keep an eye on. As all these names are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this question, and I know what your response is going to be, but round seven. Anybody sticking out to you? Anybody tickling your uh, your taint reason? Nope. Nothing tickling the taint today. Okay. It's a tongue twister. T- tickling taint. Taint ticklers. Uh, I, will, I will throw out another name here, which is Cullen Gillaspiea. Zero confidence mm-hmm. that I pronounced that correctly. But running back taken by Houston. To me, this is like Edo Smith last year. Where there's two clear running backs in Houston, mm-hmm. Lamar Miller, Deonta Foreman. Neither of them impress me in terms of, A, their ability to stay on the field and what they can do when they're on it. So he's kind of that dual handcuff guy where if either one of them goes down, he immediately steps in and gets some work. So that's kind of neat. Mike Weber um, was taken
0: by Dallas running back, might be the handcuff for Zeke. That's about it. All right. Any other last words about the draft you want to uh, talk about here? I'm just glad it happened finally. I know. It was such a long wait. It really was. It, was it really was. All right. So that pretty much wraps up uh, today's episode then. Um, next week, we will be talking about drafting strategies, Uh yes. dynasty redraft. I know uh, previous episode we talked about roster building strategies, but now we're actually going to be talking about drafting strategies. Talking foundation. You know, we are actually, now that the NFL draft has actually happened, a lot of startup leagues are going on, you know, rookie drafts, et cetera, et cetera. So now is the perfect time to kind of talk about that and our thoughts on uh, drafting strategies. So until next week, this is Dustin Lunt saying goodbye. You can find us at um, at drinking. At the Twitser. At the Twitser.
1: At Drinking Fantasy.
0: Yes, at Drinking Fantasy. That is the podcast uh, Twitter handle. Um, you can find me at the FF Dusty Dog, and you can find me at at Jake Trowbridge. Uh, check us out on all the podcasting platforms: Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google, you name it. We're there through your neighbor's window if they're playing it loud enough. Absolutely. However, you got to do it. So until next week, keep on keeping on.